people have realized that it's a lot of effort to maintain a server that's not really going to anything useful. So there's been this shift towards something called serverless. In serverless, you still choose a location in the world where your function is running. What I would like to see is you don't think about where your code runs at all. You write code and it just runs everywhere. So that's what we call originless. And that's what Cloudflare does. Basically, there's infinite use cases. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. So welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. In the room, I've got Kenton Varda from Cloudflare. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming all the way across San Francisco to chat with me in person. (laughs) So I'm curious who Kenton is, but I'm also curious what Cloudflare is. So can you answer both questions? Let's start with who is Kenton. (laughs) Uh, Hi, I'm Kenton. I'm an engineer. I'm the architect of Cloudflare Workers. past life, I worked for... Google for several years, was once known as the protocol buffers guy. I was the one who open sourced that and founded a company called Sandstorm that was later acquired by Cloudflare. Yeah, I'm familiar. I remember Sandstorm and I remember, well, I remember the name and I remember the, the acquisition that happened vaguely. So interesting. And you founded Sandstorm, you said? Yep. Jade Wong and I. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know Jade. I met Jade not too long ago. But yeah, that's a lot of inside baseball. But <laughs> how about uh, Cloudflare? Like, now you're part of Cloudflare, so what is that thing? So Cloudflare, we have computers basically in 151 locations today and rapidly expanding, thousands of locations in the future. And we let you take that and put that network in front of your website in order to provide a few things. One is it's a large HTTP cache, so we can cache your static content at the edge. We call it the edge, the, the locations close to the end user so that they can receive that content quickly. We have a web application firewall, which blocks malicious traffic. We have DDoS protection. We have absorbed, I think, the largest DDoS attacks in the world without any trouble. And a whole bunch of other features, there's, there's a long list, uh, but basically things that are implemented as a proxy in these locations uh, before the requests go to your origin server, we call it. Okay, cool. And you guys have all these locations. So you you guys own servers? Like you guys are building these things out? Yes, uh, we we build the the hardware and we send them to a variety of different types of locations. Sometimes it's ISPs that want to have some of our machines there so they can serve their customers faster and use less bandwidth upstream. Sometimes it's you know data centers, it's a variety. Cool. So I'm curious, your background is in a lot of infrastructure too, coming from Sandstorm and now Cloudflare. Yep, and and at Google. I've always done low-level infrastructure, search infrastructure at Google, um, access control infrastructure, key management, lots of things. Yeah, which makes sense on why now you're you mentioned your principal architect. Is that like <laughs> uh, the, we don't have titles? You don't have titles. Okay, I, I was going to ask if there was a vice principal architect at all. <laughs> I've taken to calling myself the the architect of Cloudflare Workers just descriptively. So when Sandstorm was acquired by Cloudflare in March of 2017, basically we came in and uh, I was told, "Well, we'd like to find a way to let people run code on our servers." 
securely and, and quickly, but we don't know how to do it. What do you think? And so I started that project and built it out. And actually, exactly a year after I joined, we launched it in, on March 13th of this year. Nice, congratulations. Which is like the exact reason why I had you come on because Cloud for Workers is something that I was aware of, like in the alpha or beta phase when it first was like mentioned. And I played around with the trivial. So I want you to explain Cloud for Workers, but I also, before you do that, I want to explain what I did, mm-hmm. which is very trivial. So workers sit on the edge, and I made a worker to change the word cloud to butt. Um, <laughs> A classic, <laughs> which is very classic because the site that I was testing on was Cloudflare.com. So I just said, you know, whatever replaced it was pretty hilarious, <laughs> and I showed everybody in Slack, and then I moved on and never actually thought of it until recently. So, could you explain what Cloudflare workers are? Yes. Well, you were working with the the preview, which lets you see what your worker would do to any random site, but normally you'd run these on your own site. So Cloudflare Worker is a piece of JavaScript that you write that can receive HTTP requests that are destined for your domain, but receives them on Cloudflare servers uh, at the edge, close to the end user, and can run arbitrary code there. It can forward the request on to your origin, or it can decide to respond directly, or it can even make a variety of outbound requests to third-party APIs and basically do whatever you want. But basically HTTP in, HTTP out, Arbitrary code in between. So, are there limitations to like the JavaScript? Because, like, when you say you could run JavaScript like on the edge or on like Cloudflare servers, it sounds dangerous. So, like, but <laughs> well, you also you preference this too, as well as like the security aspect of it. Like, people want to have that. So, like, how do you how do you solve that problem? Right. So, this is the reason why it is JavaScript. So, we have a lot of customers, and they all want to run their code in every location of ours. So we need to make sure that we can run lots and lots of different scripts, but not allow them to interfere with each other. Each one has to be securely sandboxed. And there's a lot of technologies out there for doing that, but the one that has received by far the most scrutiny and and the most real-world battle testing over the years would be the V8 JavaScript engine from Google Chrome. So we took that, embedded it in a new server environment, Written in, in C from scratch. We didn't use Node.js because Node.js is not a sandbox, not, not intended for this sort of scenario. So we built something new. But yes, basically, the JavaScript runs in a normal JavaScript sandbox and it is limited to an API that only lets it receive HTTP requests and send HTTP requests to the internet. It does not allow it to see the local file system or interfere with uh, anything else that might be running on that machine. Okay. So can we talk about like use cases for Cloudflare workers? What would somebody besides like somebody like myself who spent all that time writing a very joke app uh, or worker rather, like what are use cases you can do on the edge and write JavaScript in? Well, it's arbitrary code, so basically there's infinite use cases. But yeah. I can tell you um, some common ones. So, you know, some people just need to do some silly rewrite of some headers uh, because it's easier to push something to Cloudflare than it is to actually update their own. Origin servers. When you when you write the script and you submit it through the Cloudflare UI, it is deployed globally in 30 seconds. Yeah, that's it. Boom, it's done. So, so that's obviously an easy way to get things done. But you know, the less interesting use case, more interesting is um, you can do things like route requests to uh, say you're hosting your website out of S3 or Google Cloud Storage. You can write a worker that fetches the content from there and then. You know, serves it as your website and not actually have an origin server. 
See, other things, people like to optimize their usage of Cloudflare's cache. So historically, an HTTP cache is a very fixed function thing. Um, you can't like serve cache content, but also have it be personalized. So say you run a news site, and people have to log in because it's paid content, and then you want to display the site to them, but at the top you want to say, hi, you're logged in as whoever. But your content on a news site is very cacheable, but all of a sudden it can't be cached anymore because you're personalizing it. Well, you can do that personalization in a worker after it's already come out of, of cache at, at the edge, and therefore serve your site much faster and use much less bandwidth. But going beyond that, like we've had people do template rendering, HTML template rendering directly at the edge based on yeah. um, API requests. That'll that'll save a lot of bandwidth. Yeah, that's a common use case for for like servers, like Apache servers, where you'd take like the JavaScript cookie mm-hmm. and check to see like who you are, where you came from, and maybe even like your location, and then be able to decide what to to render based mm-hmm. on the the user yeah. for sex. So it or, sounds like something super. Complicated that was used very heavily with servers. Now you can actually just do on cloud for side, mm-hmm. or like A/B testing. Um, uh, that's that's another one, yeah. thing that that doesn't play well with caches because you're serving different people different content for the same URL. Well, you can implement that in a worker now, and you can you know take advantage of the cache. So before we actually start recording, I mentioned I saw a talk at Apollo Day from the product manager for the team, which I escaped the name. What uh, Jonathan it? Bruce? Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah. So he explained, and he actually went through a couple of use case examples, and I saw A/B testing as one of them too, mm-hmm. as well. So it's yeah, it's nice to to see a lot of this work move away from the servers and get like so not that they're trivial, but it sounds like it's an easier approach to do. Yeah. Speaking of Apollo. So, so over time, we're seeing these use cases get more and more complicated. People started out doing very simple things, but um, I think Apollo is a great case of they've taken the Apollo GraphQL. Well, they call it Apollo Server. It's a it's a gateway for for GraphQL. Your GraphQL queries go in, and then it uh, federates out to your your REST endpoints behind that. They've managed to run the whole thing in a worker, which means that now that can run on Cloudflare's Edge and actually take advantage of the cache. Which previously GraphQL queries generally aren't cacheable because they're all POST requests and yeah. they're often uh, each one's a little bit different and, and not canonicalized. So now you can fix that with code running at the edge. Yeah. So sorry to zoom back because like I have a lot of experience with Apollo and GraphQL as well. Is that like the, what Apollo is doing personally, or is this like the the preferred way for them to cache GraphQL queries if you're using Apollo Server? Well, so they are working on a version of Apollo Server that runs at the edge. Oh, okay, yes. Um, it's not released yet, I think, but soon. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to actually have them on for a follow-up conversation. They've been on this podcast quite a few episodes ago, so mm-hmm. I definitely want to have them talk more about what they're doing on the server side, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So you mentioned Google, and you mentioned like your experience. So you, I, it sounds like you've been working on the web and within servers for a while. I'm curious to, if we could take a time to zoom out and you're working on cloud for workers. What's your thought on where the web's going moving forward? It sounds like so like the reason we do this podcast like Jamstack Radio which is JavaScript APIs and markup mm-hmm. because where there's like a I personally think there's a, a shift of a lot of the processing and a lot of the work moving towards quote unquote front end. I would consider like having cloud for own like workers as part of like Something I don't have to worry about, so I don't have to deal with it. It's like an API. Do you see a shift of like a lot of major companies using something like a worker instead of like running their own servers going forward? Mm-hmm. So serverless has been yeah. a popular term lately. Very popular. P- 
people have realized that it's a lot of effort to maintain a server that's not really going to anything useful. Like you would prefer to be just writing your code that's specific to your application and not thinking about like how do I initialize my server? What dependencies do I need to build in here? And there's been this shift towards something called serverless. So my my colleague at Cloudflare, Zach Bloom, likes to talk about uh, going a step beyond that to what we call originless. So in serverless, like with Amazon Lambda, you still choose a location in the world where your your function is running. You're no longer managing individual servers, but you still have an origin. You know, typically like U.S. East One in Virginia. Yeah. What I would like to see is you don't think about where your code runs at all. You write code and it just runs everywhere. So that's what we call originless. <laughs> and that's what Cloudflare does, because when you deploy code to Cloudflare, you do not choose which of our 151 locations it runs in. It is deployed to all of them and will run in whichever one receives the request from the user, so whichever one is closest to the user. And it's not just about being close to the user, but also if you have code that like interacts heavily with a particular API, say like the Stripe API or the Twilio API, you know, it would be great if that code could automatically run next to the servers that are implementing that API without you having to think about that. I, sh- I should not decide that my servers are going to run in Virginia when my servers are talking to uh, people who I, I don't even know where they are. Yeah. So that's where I'd like to see it. I think people have been talking a lot about edge uh, edge compute lately. Yeah. And we consider workers to be an edge compute platform. But it's funny because like Peter Levine at Andreessen Horowitz said, the cloud is dead, the new thing is edge compute. But it seems to me that this idea that your code just runs everywhere is what the cloud was always supposed to be in the first place. That's that's what the metaphor meant is it's not in any specific place. It's everywhere. So to me, <laughs> we're finally getting there. Yeah, and that origin list, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's going to pick up as much steam as serverless. Uh, I think that's, that one's really got really good um, feet inside the marketing jaws of tech. But uh, I like origin list. I like the fact that you can ship code and not have to worry about it. Like me personally, like I'm a tinkerer. I, I ship a lot of JavaScript as of late in the last couple of years. And I don't want to have to deal with the problems and the headaches of like trying to manage my own thing. Like just for example, I just cloned a project that happened to as my SQL as a dependency. So I had to brew install that thing, and for whatever reason, it still didn't work. Like dependencies weren't just not jiving together. It was a Ruby project, so they weren't jiving together. But I shouldn't have to think about this as like someone coming in four years later down the road trying to commit to this project. I just want to ship code, and uh, I like the fact that. I don't also have to worry about things like sounds like caching and managing my headers and stuff like that. If I can sort of tap into all the tech talent at Cloudflare and people who are building these cool projects to mm-hmm. handle that for me and just pay a small fee, hopefully. Is uh so actually it's a good question. Cloudflare workers, is it an add-on feature once I have a Cloudflare account? How do I how do I get access to this? Uh yeah, so it's available to all Cloudflare accounts. You have to pay. Basically, the pricing is fifty cents per million requests handled, with a minimum of five dollars per month. So you pay five dollars, you get your first ten million, and then fifty cents per million after that. Okay, I'm really excited about this. The idea of the cloud for workers. I think there's a lot of ideas that probably could be done. Is there like a any sort of like getting started guides or like tutorials people can get their feet wet with with cloud for workers? 
Yeah, if you go to developers.cloudflare.com, or if you just go to actually cloudflareworkers.com, there's the preview service, the the fiddle we call it. It's kind of like JS Fiddle, except yeah. it's um, you write some code that's a worker, and then you see in real time its effect on any web page that you choose. So you can go out there, go there and try it out. You don't need a Cloudflare account. You don't need to sign in. Oh, very cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna hopefully uh, tinker with that again and build something a little more. Um, Nicer than when I already touched uh, with the workers. So yeah, excited to try that out. Curious, is anything else Cloudflare is working on in the in upcoming future? I know you're very probably super focused on Cloudflare workers, so you don't really have the the whole roadmap. Well, we're working on lots of things. My next goal with workers is to introduce some sort of storage. There's not a whole lot specific that I can say about that yet, but the challenge is interesting because. We have a network of, as I said, uh, over 150 locations today. Um, in the next few years, we expect to, you know, exponentially grow that. We expect to have machines like in every cell tower, more or less. And we want a storage system that can actually take advantage of that—a uh, storage system where each user's data. If you've built a service on Cloudflare and you store data for users that they interact with, each user's data should actually live at the Cloudflare location that's closest to that user so that they can interact with it with minimal latency. But there aren't a lot of storage uh, technology out there that can scale to hundreds of nodes, uh, much less thousands of nodes uh, automatically today. So it's a new and interesting challenge that, that I'm working on. Cool. Excited. To, I'm probably gonna keep an eye out on the cloud for blog. Hopefully, you guys are keeping that up to date. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to the, whatever that gets launched or previewed. So I'm gonna transition us to Jam picks. I think we had a really awesome conversation about cloud for workers. These are gonna be Jam picks. So anything you're, you know, that keeps you jamming, keeps you going, keeps you things that like music picks. I think we've had a lot of those in the past. Food and if you have any tech picks as well. But I will go first. My pick is Pinterest. Which sounds very weird to say this out loud. We actually had Zach on here talking about Pinterest and how they're trying to shift towards more of a male dem- demographic. Which, listeners, if you don't know, I identify as male. So I've been using Pinterest mainly because I'm expecting a child. So I'm not picking a bunch of baby stuff and putting on a board. I'm actually picking a lot of like recipes. I find like Pinterest. If I type in just like something I have in my cabinet, I can get a bunch of recipes for one ingredient. And it's been super useful because I'm going to have some leave that I'm going to be uh, taking off. So I want to be Mr. Mom, hopefully. I'm going to try to uh, achieve that status and do a lot of cooking. So I've been setting myself up to do a lot of Pinterest boarding. I'm not even sure if that's a, a thing, if that's what they call it. But uh, so my other pick is going to be meal planning. So I've been doing, I really like cooking. Actually, I work from home a lot. So I really like leveraging the idea of cooking and on top of that, I'm just going to wrap in one more pick. I'm definitely going to be trying out Cloudflare Workers. I've been using a Dropbox Paper, so I have a list of all the ideas I want to ship of like side projects. So I have like some coding uh, goals that I have during that time. So those are my three picks. Kitten, hopefully I stalled long enough that you have decided what are the things that you are jamming on. So I commute up here from Palo Alto on the Caltrain every day, which means I get a lot of time to play uh, video games on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice! And uh, one of my favorites lately is an indie game called Celeste. It's uh, what I would call an agility platformer. Lots of uh, jumping off walls, boosting up like two D side scrolling. It's a lot of fun. I, then, I have follow up questions about that. So, how long have you had your Switch? Sometime last year, probably about a year ago. Okay, so you're earlier on the the bandwagon. 
No, actually, uh, it was probably you're there. into it. So I'm curious how how you enjoy the controller. So do you always play it connected, or do you separate the controller? Yeah, I play it connected because I'm on the on the train, so I have to. Hold okay, it. I just I just think those like little things that come off or those little joypad joystick things mm-hmm. are just a little too small for my. Uh, yeah, I, I do have that problem, and my hands get sore from, especially this game Celeste. Uh, I had a callus on my thumb when I finished playing wow. it. That's it hardcore. Was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's intense. It, either it's hardcore, or you have a, a super long commute, <laughs> <laughs> uh, forty-five minutes. And then I'm gonna say, I, I just got back from vacation last week, where I flew to my hometown of Minneapolis. And I just have to talk up the amazing uh, park system and bike trail system there because all I did all week was just bike around and there's hundreds of miles of paved, dedicated bike trails. You don't have to go on streets and it's just amazing and beautiful in the summer. Nice. I did not know about that, know about that, uh, about Minneapolis. I know the whole, is it like 10,000 lakes? Land of 10,000 lakes is yeah. Minnesota. It's probably more like 100,000 lakes. There's a lot of lakes. Okay. So, and at least a few bike trails. Uh, yes. Awesome. Well, Kent, thanks for coming on and talking about Cloud for Workers and the awesome city of Minneapolis. <laughs> and uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 